0: I'm Molly.
1: And we're uh, generally too busy to flush, except right now, after the kids go to bed. Because it's the only time we have to do the show.
0: And now we're Googling things. Yeah, what are we Googling today? Um, I'm I'm Googling the health benefits of smelling your spouse's farts.
1: That's disgusting.
0: Okay. First, you know when you Google something on your iPhone, you get like a pullout that's bigger that it thinks is the best result? Study reveals that smelling your partner's farts is the secret to a longer life. Mark Wood, who was involved in the study, said, Although hydrogen sulfide is well known as a pungent, foul-smelling gas in rotten eggs and and flatulence, it is naturally produced in the body and could, in fact, be a healthcare hero. Doesn't say why in the little pull-out thing, but we will post a link in the show notes so all you people who are curious can spout off why after your wife ate a, fed you a bean burrito for dinner, Mm -hmm. it's actually doing your wife, your wife's health a benefit.
1: Yeah. You said you hoped I didn't fart in here though, because it's a small room and that would be smelly. Yeah. So if you want to know the secret to our lasting, long lasting, loving marriage, it's we uh, express public flatulence in front of each other.
0: It's true. We know couples who won't poop or fart in front of each other. They have
1: problems.
0: They're, they're different than we are. Remember, it takes all types and we don't judge people who are different. Right. We let them be them. Not judging. Not judging. I'm just saying
1: they're weird. That's not a you judgment. You said they
0: have problems.
1: That is, I would define that as a pretty significant marital problem if you can't take a crap in front of your spouse.
0: But that's, that's. You exchange
1: down. bodily fluids. How much more disgusting can you be?
0: I mean That is not more ex-
1: disgusting than pooping in front of. We're somebody.
0: not exchanging poop. We well, nobody's not.
1: exchanging poop. There's, a, a, it's, there's, there's a one's look. Sex is more gross than about anything that you could probably do with somebody. If you were going to look at it from simply a bodily function thing,
0: I'm not going to argue with you there. That's
1: all I'm saying. That's why I'm just. I think they're. It's backwards. So
0: can, can I notice. speaking of speaking of sex. Because I can't go for a show without speaking of it, I read. I can't
1: go for a night without doing it.
0: <laughs> Asking yes, for it. Yes, yes, you can. Asking for it. <laughs> um, I read this week that, and now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna whiff this because I don't remember the exact numbers, but something like, like a a, a couple that has a healthy sex life somehow they've measured this, that it improves a healthy sex life improves an otherwise healthy marriage by like 10%. But what would otherwise be a healthy marriage if you struggle in your sex life, if you're not able to communicate about problems, if you're totally on this on a different page, it can decrease the quality of your marriage by 40 to 50%. So in other words, wow. Like a good sex life helps your marriage a little bit, but a bad sex life hurts your marriage a lot. And it, so it's really important to learn how to talk about these things and get help if you can't.
1: Wow. It's it, it yeah. Communication and sex always kind of strikes me as funny. And I'm speaking from personal experience. You get so incredibly vulnerable with somebody and then you can't express um either something you want your your spouse to do or not do or you want to change something or you want to try something it's and maybe it goes back to the vulnerability thing you know we we kind of fear being rejected but in the back of my head I know I'm not being rejected by you it's the idea, but I can't like divorce that. Of my I don't brain. think
0: you can separate all of that. No,
1: it's just it's weird how that works.
0: It is weird, and how couples who like don't even fight about money and can talk about everything have trouble talking about how to get on the same page or improve.
1: What advice do you have for those couples? Um. A resident sex expert. <laughs>
0: Um, my advice is either talk through a game plan for talking about sex. So, like, say, I'd really like to have a conversation about this, but first let's have a conversation about the conversation. Like, I want to have the conversation for positive reasons because I I love you. I value this part of our marriage I want to improve communication here because I heard on Too Busy to Flush <laughs> that it's an important part of our marital relation, you know, of our of our whole marriage relationship. And um and so laying the framework for why you're even having the conversation, and if you can't have that conversation, get help. There's there are entire first of all there are some fantastic TED talks and other YouTube, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go about just searching for sex advice on YouTube because mm, YouTube's bad. filters aren't that good. Um, but um, but like TED Talks are probably a pretty safe place to start. There are some really good ones. There's a there's a gal named Michelle Weiner Davis who...
1: That's appropriate. <laughs>
0: that's her name.
1: I'm going to bring out what we're all thinking. That's her
0: name. Isn't that fantastic? Let's talk about sex that's, with that's Michelle. The only way, that's the only way I remember it. She's a sex therapist. And she... With a
1: great name for a sex therapist. And
0: she got into the entire thing because her parents, she thought, had a great marriage for her whole life. And all of a sudden, when she was a young adult, they divorced. And there was this underlying tension and stuff. So she... Her passion in life is... Helping couples not live with that underlying tension that eventually ruptures. So, I'm I'm actually looking up quickly. Michelle Weiner Davis was the one that I remember off the top of my head for obvious reasons. Um, the other gal is... Let me just pull it up really fast so I can find her name. It's coming up on my podcast. But, I mean, those are a good place to start. But also, talking to someone that you love and trust and that... Um, isn't necessary that you know is not going to embarrass you. Like let let the couple let a couple that likes to talk talk about sex do all the talking. You know, I mean,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, we um, know a few couples like that.
0: Yeah, we we know. Or me
1: when I've been drinking too much.
0: Um, I mean, let, you know. no, but so that's my th- get help. Lay the ground rules for the conversation. Watch, I mean, Emily Nagoski, N A G O S K I. She has a great set, uh, TED Talk on how couples can sustain a strong sexual connection for a lifetime. And it's really good. Um, whether you're, honestly, whether you feel like you're struggling in that area or not, every married couple can use a little boost. And so it's good for everybody, in my opinion, to, to watch those. Um, the Michelle Wiener Davis one on YouTube, the TED Talk, is called The Sex-Starved Marriage. But again, it's not just for the sex-starved marriage. It's helpful for anyone. So stop being a Yeah, no no no.
1: No, that's good. I mean, I, we have to remember too that I mean we want to have great sex in our marriages. Like we don't set out to have to get married and have bad sex. Like, nobody wants that. Like I always I always kind of I cringe a little bit at the joke that when you're married, you don't have sex anymore. You know, the kind of the classic, well, I'm married now, I don't have sex. Um, because, I mean, at least for you and me, or at least for me, I don't know about you, but sex has gotten better over those last few years, you know, over the
0: years. Can I pelt you with more statistics?
1: Hang on. No, not yet. And at the end of the day, regardless of whether it's good sex or bad sex, you never walk away going, gee, I wish I'd rather did something else at my time.
0: Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I wish I would have been a little faster. <laughs> I'm really tired.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, okay, so statistically speaking, committed married couples have more sex than anybody else. Like, think about it. right we do. Well, I mean, think about it. Even if you average once a week... And I'm like breaking Pastor Jason's rule of talking about numbers and averages. But say you average, say you average once every two weeks, you've got young kids and you've got a baby once every two weeks, right? Um, That still, if you're single, is a really high average of going to a bar and trying to pick somebody up or even Tinder. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, and and then for women, then the number of orgasms that a woman has increases dramatically if she's comfortable with her partner so if you're if you're having if you're having hookup sex a woman is statistically unlikely to orgasm but if you're in a committed marriage where your husband is like okay so I do that thing like you don't even have to say it like dude I don't even
1: have, you don't have to work that hard I don't have to pick you up at night I mean I still have to kind of like but it's not like I'm going to a bar and spending three hours of my day filling you with drinks and trying to woo you we can just get right into it. Like, I've got a mustache, you guys. We don't even have to kiss anymore. I mean, we just, boom, in it, done, and it's awesome.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: there is the background right, part.
0: Right, there is the background part. That's why it takes so long. <laughs>
1: Hashtag episode one.
0: <laughs> um, hey, this segues into something I wanted to talk about with tonight with you that I haven't told you about yet. So our church is doing... I'm holding up a booklet that I'm flashing at JR right now. We just started this parenting Sunday school class, and it's called Birds and Bees, and the we're going to spend now three more weeks watching these videos and then having in-class discussions on talking to your kids about sex, because this is a weakness that I think our church has. And that Christian parents... I mean, I know a couple of Christian parents who are super on this and who are like hitting all of the milestones with their kids and having great talks with their kids. And I know a lot of Christian parents who want to be super on it and don't really know where to start.
1: Okay, so we know our parents listen to the show. Did your parents talk to you about sex?
0: So... I don't remember my parents talking to me about sex, but the church we went to at the time, and I can't remember if it was if when we were in fifth grade or sixth grade, they actually did a whole Sunday school class where they split the girls with their moms, boys with their dads. And they, they had, for the girls, they had nurses teaching us about our periods. And I mean, it was, so it was age appropriate. It wasn't like the talk. I don't remember ever getting the talk from my parents. Um
1: you don't need it.
0: <laughs> that's because when I was in seminary, I was in a, Oh, you learn about sex in seminary? My marriage counseling class professor was an, was a medical doctor. Mm. And he literally had charts up on the board like oh my and he was like if you are a marriage counselor, whether you're single or married, you need to be able to f- figure out if it's a if it's a relational problem or a physical problem. Here's the physical. And so, I mean, in seminary, I was being told, like, the the physical and the relational are often very related. Anyway, I See also... You guys, you
1: get some good stuff at Bible school.
0: Right. Uh, um, anyway, I want to talk to you about our homework assignment for the week. We never talked about my parents, though. Oh, yeah, you want to talk about how your parents had the talk with you? No,
1: they never had the talk with me. I do have one memory of being in junior high, and my mom... You know, we were homeschooled. We all sat around the same table. And she she went over through a more anatomical um, sexual reproduction organ um, instruction on the board. But that was about it. When I hit puberty, my dad handed me a book. And the book was really weird. Like, it just, it's really weird. There's certain experiences I don't want to relive or have my kids relive. So I'm just going to be straight with my kid.
0: So... In terms of being straight with your kid, both these guys and... Birds and the Bees. She's Birds and in the, the Bees. Book. Mary Flo Ridley and Megan Michelson. They're from Texas and they have Texan accents. They have big hair? No, but they're very put together. They're bigger the
1: hair, the closer to Jesus. That's what I just heard on Lego Masters.
0: Lego Masters. Um, <laughs> ding! Um, no, they... And then I'm reading a book on reaching youth and integrating family and youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And both of them recommend having a same gendered parent do like a weekend away when during the time when you would be doing like the big talk so around puberty to so like
1: kind of like when I had the swear words discussion with Titus on that road. Yeah,
0: kind of. Only when
1: your dad came back swearing so so he was So
0: like a big backpacking Mm -hmm. trip or like the example in this book is um, like the dad books a fishing trip, and skiing, hella skiing. Um, right, something the family can afford. Um, but part of it is like all of the the driving and the downtime provides. Like driving is a safe way he says to have sort of uncomfortable conversation because there's no you can't make eye contact, right? You have to keep your eyes ahead, and a kid can stare out the window. No, and
1: I want to look right in my son's eyes and go, "Let's talk
0: about because you penises. know he'd be super." Soup, he'd do super well about that. Um,
1: just to make him weird, weird out, yeah. No, you don't want to weird him out,
0: but you, um, but the, the the time away rather than like hand a book and not be part of the conversation. But what, what our, our homework for this week is, um, is we're supposed to craft a vision statement. You weren't listening to my Sunday school, uh, I no. was teaching Sunday school and you weren't uh, yeah. listening. How'd I do today? I don't know, I wasn't listening No, it's true, I was prepping I was trying to
1: do, set up Jason's Sunday I do media admin stuff for the church And I was trying to help Jason get his Sunday school stuff figured out And do the the promo announcements and everything else But now I'm thinking if I should, because I mentioned the word penis If I should mark this show as explicit I think I should mark this show as explicit I don't know what the rules are that on Apple Hmm. We're going to lose a whole portion of our homeschool audience
0: Hopefully no one is listening to this with their homeschool kids anyway.
1: Yeah, we're not safe for children. We're not safe for work. I love um,
0: that. I feel like...
1: Homework assignments.
0: Homework assignments. Um, we're supposed to craft a vision statement that's Ooh. like the the end goal. You know how when you're... For a family? Or for parenting? Or for For, for when we have... For, conversations for when we have conversations about sex with our kids, like what's the end goal? And so when you're I'm trying to think of a like when you're playing tennis, I, I'm sure there are other examples. You're not supposed to watch the ball come into your racket. You're supposed to keep your eye on where you want the ball to end up baseball, too. Right. You don't necessarily. I don't and play sports. There's got to be some sort of analogy that you would get when you're doing filming something. Are you supposed to watch? Are you supposed to like keep a big picture? Going? It depends on
1: your role in the process, right? Okay. Some people watch, some people. So
0: when you're trying to write a a screenplay, uh-huh. you have the big picture in mind as right. you're doing all the little details, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're crafting is the end goal, big picture. Gosh. What we want. you
1: got to know. See, the story analogy works for me. You've got to know how you end or how you're supposed to end up so you know how to fill in the details to get there.
0: Yes. So so agree. we need to have a one sentence statement of how these four little human beings that we're going to have all of these conversations. It's not the talk. It's all of these conversations. Like, mom, how does the cat's kittens get out of its belly? You know, mom, how are babies made? Mom, what's a virgin when the Bible calls Mary a virgin? Like all of these conversations like, Oh, at dinner, the, uh, what was it? Like three weeks ago, like we're joking with my parents about not having any more kids And Lily says, how do you decide not to have any more kids? And, you know...
1: You get snipped.
0: Right. There is a lot of conversation to have with a seven-year-old to get to that. We actually put her off and never answered that question. But I did take a deep breath. I totally dived into how does a cat's kittens get out of his belly. And I deliberately, because I've been reading head in this book tied it to how a baby gets out of a mom's belly. And I used anatomical terms and it's not just magical. I go to the hospital and the doctor takes it out. The
1: vision statement analogy we should have used is the sexual one. You need to end up at the orgasm. So you got to know how to push all the right buttons to get there. Cause if you're just there to like touch and feel, it's it's not going to work.
0: Right. Sort of. Yeah. So, so what, when I say like, what's your vision statement, what's your gut reaction? Like, what do you want your kids to end up in thinking and knowing about I have been going sex? to
1: our church way too long because my gut reaction is point them to Christ. But I have no, no there's no, there's, the application is missing from that statement. So, um, <clears throat> I would probably want to give them a good picture of, uh, Who Christ is in terms of and how it relates to the sexual process, what he created it to be, what it's for, um, what it says about him and who he is. That's where I'm trying to go.
0: Wow. Is
1: that, did I go too far? Did I go way too deep? Is I mean...
0: That,
1: <laughs> you know I go too deep on everything.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, here's where I would go with that.
1: Did I, I get think it wrong? That
0: Yes, you're you going to have wrong. the sex talk. Objectively, with all of got our it wrong. Kids. No, I'm not. This is we're a team. We do this together, and we start out on the same page. So we're giving the same message. Um, I mean, where I one of the things that I want our kids to know is um, is that all of the rules and the no's that they will hear from the Christian community and from us when it comes to sex. Are for their good, um, and that, I mean her. So her summary statement. I don't know if it's in here. Her summary statement. Her their vision statement. Um, for their kids, she doesn't have it written down in here. Well, what I is, don't hers hers is sex is a beautiful gift from God for within marriage. So that's that's her summary, and I I really okay. like that's a that.
1: Lot, that's a lot less deep than mine.
0: Yes, and it's like it has to be something that you can literally like when the kids well, ask a question in the car that you can literally flash through your mind. But um,
1: there was there was a comment made during Sunday school, and I don't know who made it, but there's always the whole like, sex is like that outlet over there. You touch it, you die. It, that's not helpful. That doesn't give any context. It doesn't give any reasons. That doesn't. And, you know, I'm wired that I like to have a reason for something. You know, rules for the sake of rules are really stupid. And then if I think the reason for them is stupid, like most of the Bible school rules that I went to, that's another topic for another time, um, then I'll disregard them anyway. But at least I know why they're trying to do what they do.
0: Yeah. Um, The reasons may be wrong. Yeah. So I think that the Bible gives us a lot of good reasons when we're not just like looking up sex in a concordance Mm -hmm. and those reasons are that god designed us to thrive in a particular way and when we when we operate with our bodies and our minds according to that design we're going to function mind and body and marriage better than if we're not and so You know, we can take that with every rule that we find in the Bible that hasn't been fulfilled in Christ um, and and bring that to bear in the sex conversation. But one of my several years ago, I was trying to remember this. Was I still leading women's Bible studies in my in our house after we got married or was that all before we got married?
1: You never led a single women's Bible study since we've been married. Weren't you kicked out of that whole circuit?
0: No, um, when I when I first came moved back to Billings, I led a couple women's Bible studies, and uh, one of them was on. I didn't know this. One of them was on the Book of Psalms, and I just that one was when I had a lot of time and ambition. I created it from scratch, and then I started doing um, John Stott ones. I think we did Galatians and Ephesians out uh, of just a booklet well, yeah, that we bought. But, yeah. um, but the but the Psalms one, I've been fascinated. With Psalm 119 and how the psalmist can say over and over in literally a hundred different ways how much he loves God's word and he loves God's law and he delights in God's law and God's law is good for him and God's law is like honey and over and over and over. and
1: Way more righteous than the rest of us.
0: Yes, but I think that's because he's not looking at it as rules as arbitrary rules he's looking at it as um as a way of experiencing the character of god his designer and you experience the character of the designer when you are the thing that's designed by by functioning according to the owner's manual from the designer mm-hmm. if that makes sense no, that and makes so total sense. so we delight in doing God's will because it actually is giving us a glimpse into the designer's heart and an experience of it as much as a created being can be. And so it somehow in, in imparting that into sex talks with our kids, that um, that's something that I would like to, to bring to bear, is that it the world is not all sorts of no's. You know, we're not just no, 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 um, and we're not negative and we're not fear mongering. But there are things to be to be cautious of, because there are, you know, like one in four girl teenage girls in the United States has an STD right now. Like there are hookup. Pools where people hook up according to the STDs they have in common, so they're not going to catch new See, ones. That's
1: why I didn't. I could never like bring myself to have sex, as i was terrified of getting some random disease that would kill me at a young age. But
0: now it's just looked on as so normal that, um, like, anyway, um, like so. I don't want to. I mean, that, those there are very real things to caution our kids against, but there are also well really the light, beautiful truths yeah. to point our kids toward. In the
1: light of all that, I think you know, kind of a vision statement would be like. God wired the world in a certain in a certain way to work, kind of the operator's manual thing. And when, and that, here's one way that that's that you should operate in that way. That makes sense to me for your
0: good Maybe.
1: and His glory.
0: Oh, boom! Oh, there's, catechism there's number Jesus one. Moment. Here's hello. Here's your other. Here's your oh. other Jesus moment. Right. Is that you know, every every in so many ways in which you experience this, you're going to experience brokenness and fear in your body not working right, in a broken relationship, in messing up and needing forgiveness. And that's where Christ redeeming the fallen world and our sin is where Christ comes into all of that, because we can't live up to the owner's operating instructions for all sorts of reasons that are inside of us and outside of us. And so even in our sex lives, we need Jesus.
1: And he's watching us have sex. It's creepy okay <laughs> sorry I shouldn't bring up irreverent comments this is the slightly irreverent podcast though so there is that that's true um, so moving on to other less interesting topics um, should I take the kids off our climbing membership they didn't really climb much today they just sort of run around I mean when I take Elise when I go work out at the gym she just hangs out with me in the gym she doesn't climb Titus would have rather read his book. And given that we're trying to cut back on unnecessary expenses and focus, they seem to have lost interest. And it's not really something I'm terribly interested in forcing them to do, not like quite like judo or skiing. I don't know. That's not helpful.
0: I mean, if you were to take them... For them to climb and not to watch you work out, they would probably climb if That's you're true. engaged with them and you're helping them. But when you're like, go entertain yourself for 45 minutes and you can't actually do anything on the auto belays because you're not old enough to do it by yourself. Um, but don't read a book, but don't complain about being bored and wanting to go home while I do my hour long workout by myself. That yeah, can't that even ran be. through
1: my head. Context of where when I'm bringing them there kind of ran through my head a little bit. That it would be different if I was climbing with them rather than.
0: Or not climbing and just helping mm-hmm.
1: them. Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, that helps. Good. You answered my question. That was easy.
0: Okay. I mean, it, you know, there's another part of me that's like, yes, just do it. You've been threatening to do this for a year now. No, because every not time a full you go, year. you're frustrated that they're not meeting your expectations.
1: Well, they go and they take go, me and they off, climb, too
0: because I don't have time to go.
1: They climbed two or three times and then they're like done, and it, we've only been there ten minutes. It's like really already? Yeah, when are we gonna go home? But
0: <sighs> kids are like go, go, go. Like watch, watch an adult. There's that one older guy who goes. And he sits there for like ten minutes and just watches other people. And it's when you he's tired. and when you go with with a buddy, you guys sit there and you chat. You watch other people. Like there's huge lapses of downtime. Well, and for a lot of yeah. people, it's either like their mental downtime or it's a social thing. In addition to it, and our kids are not there to be social. They they can be social with their Each other. And it does change a little bit when they they climb
1: with their friends because they're like, they're a little more,
0: you know, they get to be competitive too, as well as they're doing it with their friends. Where if you take them, they hang out with each other all the time, except when they're sleeping. (laughs) And so, you know, it's not challenging to, they're not competing Uh. against anyone. But, um, but if it, you know, you know me, I'm, I don't want to listen to you complain. Just do it. you keep threatening to do it just do it no it's no skin off my back
1: I keep trying to give them other more chances but it yeah it does change context changes a lot I think I haven't taken them dare to climb dedicated routes but then if I if I put they all want to top they all want to top rope belay so I'm belaying them and they just want to climb halfway up the wall and swing around on the rope which I don't that doesn't bother me as much
0: yeah it does it's part of the fun you come home and complain about that too
1: Sort of, but you know, we all love hanging off the ropes. Some people do.
0: Okay, remind yourself of that the next time you come Mm. home and complain.
1: You remind me of that. All right, what else you want to talk about? Is that it? Shortest show we've ever done?
0: I don't know. Becky told me that we need to keep it at 30 minutes because she doesn't listen to anything over 30 minutes.
1: Becky, oh, well, I'm not going to cater to her only. We're at 30 minutes right now.
0: Okay. It seems like there was something else that six. that you wanted to talk about. No, that but was I, it. No. But I can't remember. The one remember. thing
1: I wanted to bring up on the show.
0: No, you wanted to talk about Lego Masters. Oh
1: my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's a great show, you guys. I'm looking forward to the next episode. It's just really well done. They they kind of poke fun at the whole genre at the same time having...
0: So if you don't know what we're talking about, Lego Masters is a reality TV competition. Elimination. They've combed the country for people who are really good at building with Legos. They're in teams. And so there's like the bearded guys from Portland who are wearing flannel. That's like their shtick. And then there's this set of grandmas from the south and one of them has huge hair that was the bigger the hair the closer to god. Yeah. She actually makes it so part of the thing that makes it so fun is they've got all of these teams starts with 10 teams, right? With a ton of character. I think so. And then they actually animate some of the these teams as comments like the woman who said the bigger the hair the closer to god. Um she said something and like winked or clicked the side of her mouth or something and they actually did like a <sighs> lego like <laughs> ding um you know like you would see in the movie when one of them like winks or has like a flash coming off of his smile yeah. and the after they do their creations the producers actually animate some of the creations like so it, it seems like what you these guys have in built is then part of the lego movie and Will Arnett, who is Batman, right? Is Lego that his Batman, name? Yeah. Lego Batman. And
1: Arrested Development. Anyone?
0: Yes, Job and Arrested Development. So he is the host. And then the two judges are, are people who create sets for Lego. And so um, we're watching the introduction of the female judge and Lili is, who is seven, is flipping out because she's like, I have that set. And so all of a sudden, she's super emotionally invested in this show because she feels a sense of connection to this lady who created one of her friend's Lego sets. Um, but also, I have a picture that I should, I haven't, it, I mean, it's not a great picture, but when we were watching the previews of it, when we realized it was going to be on at eight mountain time, and we weren't going to let our kids stay up until nine to watch mm. it, um, when they sh- when they did the the little preview of the the Lego room where they can source all of it, and there's the two story wall of all the minifigures, Lily's jaw literally dropped, <laughs> and I took a picture of her just just slack jaw, gaping at this room with buckets. I mean, just. Um, buckets upon Belithia buckets. I think they said there's
1: 15 million, over 15 million Lego pieces in that room. They have 15 hours. They don't know what they're going to build. They're told what they're going to build. They've got 15 hours to complete it. And the level of skill. Like, not only did they find some stupid good builders, but, man, they found some whack jobs in there, too. Like These people are weird, which makes for great television. Um because they're interesting to watch. They've got quirky personalities, everything. Um and you know Will Arnett does a very good job of um interacting with them and drawing out their personalities without mocking them or making fun of that's true. Of who they are. There's
0: it's more like he's more self-deprecatory of himself yes. and of the show in general. Like Yeah, he makes when fun an, of the show when he there's kind of an hour left his own show. When there's an hour left and he's like, I asked the producers for a subtle way to, to communicate to the contestants that there's an hour left. And then, like the whole thing starts flashing red, and there's sirens going off, yeah. and everyone jumps and kind of freaks out. And
1: he starts yelling, <laughs>
0: "One hour! You guys got one hour left!" Anyway, so we that is for sure going to become a tradition for us, a weekly tradition. I'm not sure if Wednesday or Friday because we're going to miss this week, and so we could start. We could just be a week behind Why on, are we missing this week on well, Wednesday. Well, when I mean we can't watch it live Wednesday, but it because... comes. But it
1: comes back on. It's nine eight central, so it should be airing at seven. I thought last week was only. A I
0: think it's one-off. gonna be like eight central, eight mountain every God, week. I
1: hate TV programming. You know, it, it, it's 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 obnoxious. And what's even worse, DVRs used to be really cool, so we DVR'd that episode and watched it back via later Hulu. Via Hulu, but now they insert ads into the DVR, and it kind of you know, whatever. But I'm not gonna complain too much. Boy, poor Lily had a struggled. She didn't even know what to make of it.
0: She wanted, after it ended, we watched it last Friday night, it ended and she was like, I want to watch the next one. And we were like, not possible.
1: (laughs) She was like, no, just play the next one. No, it's like, it's not
0: aired yet. This is not Netflix.
1: (laughs) And she just kind of had this look of like, what are you talking about? This makes no sense to me. And like, she is not grown up.
0: She's, She's only completely ever watched inexperienced Netflix.
1: with a world where not everything is released at once and you can't binge watch. It just doesn't make sense to her. Like, Why would you do this? This is the next generation of content viewers, people. The whole broadcast model is going to go away. It's going to be done. You can't do it anymore because people are going to be like, why? When I can just watch whatever I want on all the episodes at once. I think that's where it's going.
0: I mean, I've done that with pretty much every series anyway that I knew I would want to watch a bunch of. Um, Now I'm blanking on what's the family one that I watch that I like so much? Not Modern Family. I haven't watched any of that. Parenthood. Parenthood. I would wait until the whole season was done. And then partly because we didn't have TV the first couple seasons. Mm -hmm. So I would have to watch and wait until it was on Amazon or Netflix. But um, Downton Abbey...
1: Mm-hmm. I could have watched no, that online was... every
0: week, but instead I saved it up so yeah. I could watch all of them all I at once. I think there were a
1: few that I would that I, a few shows that I saved up over the years for that very reason. As when
0: well. you were younger, did you have any like say high school or even college? Did you have any shows that like eight o'clock on Sunday night you were there?
1: Oh man, yeah, can't name them, but we had them.
0: Why can't you I name mean, them?
1: Well, this is going to date me, but um, there were a couple regulars. Airwolf was a regular. High Mountain Rangers was a regular. I've never heard of either um, of those. What else is a regular? Uh, shoot. My parents are really into Lonesome Dove, the TV show. Um, oh, what else? MacGyver. Like, we had to watch all the MacGyvers. Eighteen um, predated me. There were a few episodes still on there.
0: Hmm.
1: But, yeah. I mean...
0: Uh, yeah. The only, the first TV show I remember being really devoted to was ER. And I would watch ER. That with... was late. Yeah, look how look how well I turned out with all this li- little amounts of TV in my life. I'm so holy and righteous without all of that influence on me. <laughs> um I have I nothing to say. I know. Um, I like I like rendering you speechless. It's lovely. I have nothing... I'm going to keep talking. I have
1: nothing edifying to say.
0: I So, ER... Because I'm
1: certainly not going to disagree
0: with that. ER was was the first one that I remember. I mean, there might have been other ones, but that's the first one that I remember being like... Not that ER, I was out partying ER Yeah, but ER
1: set some, some industry... You know, they broke some industry ground. Like, they had the one episode... The season premiere, the season finale that was filmed entirely live was filmed and broadcast live. Scripted, a scripted one hour that was filmed and broadcast live. They couldn't screw up.
0: I don't remember that. Yeah,
1: it was, it was a major deal.
0: Wow. Um, So in, in college, every lunch we would, I was in a sorority. And after we ate our lunch, we would go into this little TV room that was by the exit And those of us who had a one o'clock class, we would all get on this, it was a plaid couch, so it was called the plaid room. We would all sit on the plaid room couch and watch TLC, the learning channel, had a dating show that ended at one. So we would watch it like until the very last commercial and then race up the hill to our classes um this is a couple minute jog up the hill to our classes and then we'd have to track down if it it was one we were particularly interested and we would have to track down the people who didn't have one o'clocks and find out how it ended um but but i I was pretty i was pretty devoted to to those shows for a while and then in seminary on sunday nights we would gather and watch alias together
1: and I think yeah, we started in like season two
0: of Alias. So then we had to actually bought the 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 DVDs so we could all like backtrack because we started watching it all together. I think my first year in season two, we missed some of it. So we had to backtrack.
1: I was super in. I was. Yeah, I was super into Firefly. Um,
0: Which you like purchased the DVDs website. for and made me watch when we got married.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, it's got to be hard to be. I won't. I won't bore people. But as I say, it's got to be hard to be a programmer for traditional TV anymore.
0: I don't know. I mean, there are some that are killing it, like Modern Family,
1: Empire. Yeah, there's a few out there, I guess, that are crushing it. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah.
0: But it would be intimidating to be competing with Netflix and Amazon.
1: Yeah, but I still, am almost. I would I haven't seen the numbers recently. I haven't done any recent research, but I would bet viewership on you still get an exponential amount of viewership on standard TV than you do on the streaming platforms. I think for now, it's not necessarily considered a luxury, but yeah, it's it's you know a subscription service that you know is over and above your cable subscription. Yeah. Yeah, if you still have cable. Molly and I were really early cable cutters. Cord we cutters. We never had cable. Not cable cutters. Cord cutters. We were really early cord cutters. And it uh, just didn't really bother us. It's because
0: we always had Netflix.
1: That's true. We had we had the DVD version of Netflix. Does anybody still have the DVD version of Netflix besides my mother-in-law? I hear crickets.
0: She gets it because not. it's getting better, but not all... Netflix has closed captions and because there are things that she wants to get on DVD, like there'll be part of a series on streaming and she wants the whole series, things like that. Yeah, that so. makes
1: sense. Netflix, Netflix yeah. has gotten weird Speaking about Speaking of which, right. we <clears> should <throat> look
0: up, I want to watch the Peanut Butter Falcon. She had that on <sighs> DVD and we never had time to watch it so we'll add that to our watch
1: okay. list yeah I'll add it with the other 700 things to our watch list Okay, that we
0: have so much time to
1: watch um, 10.30 we're at 42 minutes which is 15 10 minutes 12 minutes longer than um, Becky will listen to so she'll have gotten all the good sex stuff and ignored all the TV show stuff yeah, but uh, yeah that works so um, tell your friends leave us a review super helpful we're going to be sending out a blast here to see if we can get in the new noteworthy section of uh of itunes it should be kind of cool subscribe and again just share us with your friends we've got a cool if you want to if you really want to get like super awesome with it we've got this little cool feature called recast and you can cut up parts of the show and share them to your favorite social feed but that's about it so all right i don't have anything else to say to you
0: even if I did, you wouldn't let me say it because our time's up.
1: True. TooBusyToFlush.com or TB the number two F TB2F.com. Give us a shout. We're also on Instagram under TooBusyToFlush. Uh, Molly mostly posts because I just do other things apparently. So whatever. All right. Have fun, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.